Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Coffee and baseball once again. The Coffee Base Pod that you love. You hit us up on Twitter at Coffee Base Pod. We're Coffee and Baseball. I'm Bernie. And I am Ryan with our usual intro of what are we behind? We are behind. We say we're going to set a schedule. We don't follow it. Absolutely. <laughs> but our goal is the recording every Friday going forward. So for you five or six who potentially listen, Friday. Which means you'll either get it Friday afternoon or Saturday morning or Sunday or Monday, depending on... Potentially Bernie. Monday to be, to be yeah, <laughs> depending on what my weekends look like. Uh, Ryan, before we dive in, I think, I think we got to address uh, something else that's been... Uh, it's been rocking our podcast, uh, and that is uh, my metal straw from last episode. Uh, oh yeah, yeah the, the the listeners let us know. It was uh, it was making noise, and I, I was worried about that one. I was worried. And you know what, Ryan, you, you you brought it up during the podcast, and I went in and I cut out what I thought to be most of the metal clangs, and apparently most was not enough. And so I want to apologize to the listener out there. Whoever you may be. <laughs> that is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's dive right into the week of baseball, to the couple weeks of baseball. We, we, we've been gone for about two weeks, uh, which I think in baseball of all sports is like, all right, you know, let's not force storylines here. Let's, let's, let's give it a couple weeks to marinate, and then let's kind of see what's going on in the world of baseball. Um, I want to start with the uh, the Ross Detmers uh, no hitter in uh, for the Angels, uh, just because it's the first no hitter of the season. Um, Ryan, no hitters are always a fun opportunity for me to essentially like complain about how I think that like a no hitter isn't that special. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because it is and it isn't right. Um, it means a lot of things. <clears throat> it means a team couldn't pull together a hit, which. Obviously, is a good thing, but you also could have walked, you know, five guys. Any number of guys. Yeah. I, I just like, you know what it is to me? It's like the cycle. The cycle, whenever someone hits for the cycle, it, it gets like the fifth or sixth storyline on ESPN.com. It's not nothing. It's not something insane. It's just kind of a thing that happens rarely, but sometimes. So to me, perfect games are a real thing and are to be celebrated. No hitters are cool and interesting, and there's a lot of cool and interesting random things that happen in baseball. Uh, Ross Debmers, you know, two Ks, one walk, nine innings. He did it against the Rays, which is very impressive because uh, the Rays are a legit Wait, baseball he only team. Had, and you, he only had two strikeouts? Yeah. Wow. It was like a – I mean, he was pitching well, but it was like a – you don't look at his stat line and go like, holy shit, other than the one hit over nine innings. Um, and again, the fact that it's against the Rays, because I think that a lot of these no-hitters that we see are against not particularly major league quality competition. Like, I feel like I'm always seeing the Rockies get no-hit. And I'm like, well, sure, the Rocky, of course. Um, and to me, while we're kind of on this subject, Ryan, if you give me permission to, to just briefly extend this rant. Oh, please. Uh, my least favorite thing in baseball. This isn't to me. This is even further than not caring about no hitters. This is my least favorite thing. Is when we celebrate team no hitters. 
Because to me, team no hitters are- there is nothing impressive about a team no hitter. If, if it's an individual, it's cool, even though I don't think it's it's amazing, amazing. But when you tell me that like between your starter and all your relievers, no one gave up a hit, I'm like, all right, man, uh, that's that's nothing. That's nothing. That's literally nothing. Nothing to me. It's it's funny because I feel like talking about team no hitters and putting it as like a headline is a new thing. I don't recall I, it ever being cared about. And suddenly they're like, the starter in the bullpen put together a no hitter, a combined right. no hitter. That's what I call them now. Combined, combined no hitter. Yeah. I'm like, who cares? So everybody mm-hmm. did their job is what you're telling me. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was outstanding. Everybody was very good. It's like, okay, <laughs> thank you for that. Moving on. It does. That one to me is silly because you could use eight pitchers and it's a combined no hitter. They, they, they play 162 games a year. There are 30 teams. They've been doing this for well over 100 years. That's however many tens of thousands of games. Like, you don't get to claim that... Uh, the combined no hitter is special, in my opinion. Like it's just like, it's just not that. It's just not that impressive to it's me. It's not special. I mean, no. I hate to break it to him. It's not special. So, anyway, that no hitter happened. I think I think I speak for all of baseball when I say, neat. <laughs> Moving on. Neat. Good job, team. Uh, good job, California team, not LA team. Good job. Yes. Good job to the California Angels of Anaheim. Uh, and uh, Bryce Harper tore his UCL. Ryan, how, how does that make you feel? You know, it's funny. So I didn't get a chance. I followed the game last night on my phone. Um, I was at the Kings playoff game. <laughs> Not uh, a big deal. Both the Kings and the Dodgers lost uh, after both having really great comebacks. Um, but at the beginning, I had read throughout the day, oh, Bryce Harper has torn his UCL He's going to be the DH. And I was like, oh, man, that stinks for him. But he's going to DH? Is like, is that still okay? And I believe in the first inning, he hit a home run. And then in the ninth inning, I don't know exactly what he did, but he helped score an additional run uh, from to bring the team from 8-7 to 9-7, ultimately being the final score. So while it may affect his fielding, it is Definitely not affecting his hitting, from what I could tell. Right. Well, and and very famously, two years ago, Shohei Otani, you know, tore his UCL and took the year off pitching, and still just like was was hitting the ball over the all over the park. So it can be done, right, for the hitters. Um, yeah, he can't throw for a month. Is kind of the word right now. Um, and he's gonna. I think he's getting some kind of injection or something. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But it's very funny because. A Phillies defense that was already like bad uh, now is forced to play both Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in their outfield. Um, so there's going to be some high scoring Phillies games. I was going to say up. that's the funniest thing, right? Is the 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 criticism made against them when they did all these signings was, well, I guess you're just going to have to score, you know, ten runs a game and and then right. you'll be fine. Well. They scored nine against the Dodgers, and guess what? 
that won. Uh, yeah, turns out nine runs is actually a pretty good indicator of, of winning a baseball game. Yeah. Dodgers scored seven, which is wild. Uh, had the bases loaded in the ninth inning with zero outs. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Let's just let's just put that together. This is bases this is your... loaded, no outs. Who are the three batters that came up? You know, I I, uh, I was riding a scooter home, so I missed the mm. first out. The second out was Belly, who swung at. I mean, he was making fouling it off, but at, he swung at least at three. Uh, balls, so he could have had a walk if he didn't mm. swinging at all the high fastballs. And by high, I mean like not oh, if you let it go, you don't know what the ump's going to call it. You know, like high fastballs. Ryan, you 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 recently declared Cody Bellinger back. Are you declaring bad Cody Bellinger back again? Man, he's batting two hundred one, so he's not back. He's not doing well. <laughs> Tell you that much. Um, he our had sta- a, our standard for average is going so far. <laughs> he had a surge there um, where he was looking good. It was like, oh, he figured it out. We're we're good. We're good. And then, uh, never mind. <laughs> he did. He was one for five last night. The one being a home run, a solo home run. But uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about because I was going to say that what the Dodgers are suffering from right now is. They are suffering from the deadened balls, which is you can tell is existing. Oh right yeah, now. we don't even have that on the roundup. We yeah. do not. We do not. And uh, we've got uh, you know too many guys, too many of our good guys, just not doing anything right now. Belly's back. We not being doing the anything. Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Apologies. Like I, I act like you know part of the team here. I know. Uh, Muncie, no bueno. Uh, Chris Taylor not doing much. It's like all these guys that you know will get it together just are not. And yeah. and Turner looks like he might kind of be done. There's Turner an interesting... got a double in a very clutch position last night to bring the game. He but played well last night, he, but it's been a tough is, season for him. It's been very tough for him as well. It looks like looks like Father Father Time is catching up to him. There was this whole thing about how. Nobody ever pays attention to preseason numbers. There was this was on an MLB podcast, and they were talking about how we never pay attention to preseason numbers because, like, you know, for eighty million reasons, in particular, veterans, it's just not really relevant. But they were saying how Justin Turner historically like tears up spring training. They're like, he is the greatest spring training hitter of all time. Mm. And then they were like, his spring training numbers are really, really bad this year. And they were like, I don't know if it means anything, but like. Keep an eye out for Justin Turner this season, and then he's been like, he's been like pretty bad, and it's like, oh shit, maybe they were right. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's one of those things that it's it's tough to see. I think he'll figure it out. Um, I think he just needs an adjustment again, right? It's all about. I mean, that's baseball, right? Adjusting, adjusting. I think a lot well, of these how guys that's... need to adjust. Uh, I think JT will put it together because he's always been a good hitter not like oh he relied on home runs right right where now he can't hit the home run he's a high average guy yeah you know? well even his even his his clutch rbi hit uh last night was like a line drive right on, right on the third baseline so it's, like, so it's like he'll i i think he'll get it together but anyway n- neither here nor there we we 
tangent and let's let's keep on track here. We got a tangent to the Dodgers once you an know. episode. The fan expects it. I mean, that's um, just it's important. Because this uh, next one on our list just yeah. I thought was so great. Um, now we're getting into the fun parts. <laughs> Chris We've Woodward, yeah. the manager of the Rangers who uh, notoriously got mad at uh Tatis, I believe last year for swinging on a 3-0 when they were yep. up and he hit the Grand Slam, I believe. Yep. And, you know, got big, all... Big unwritten rules guy. Unwritten rules guy, this right. Guy, this guy hates home runs. Hey, <laughs> He's He would have loved pre-Babe Ruth baseball. Uh, the Rangers got walked off, right? This was a walk-off home 2-1. run? 2-1, yep. Walk-off and, home run by uh, Glebar Torres. And uh, it went to... It was a uh, opposite field, so it was a, on the right field side... It, Which off. everybody knows, very famously, the Yankees' right field fence is really, really far in, and the Red Sox' left field fence with the Green Monster is very, very far in, very famously. But everybody knows say that this, the Red Sox uh, always go after power righties, and the Yankees always go after power lefties. That's why That's why you have Anthony Rizzo on the Yankees. That's why you have... Um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting his name now, but that guy from the, from the Rangers, ironically enough... Um, on the Yankees. Uh, anyway, keep, keep going, Ryan. I'll look his name up. Um, the funniest part is uh, they actually measured it, and I think it would have gone out of like 30 of 32 ballparks or something. 20, 25 of 30. 25 of 30. Okay, I'm like, I can't remember what the, what the number was. But Chris Woodward said, I don't have the quote. Do you have the exact quote in front of you? I think the... The quote. He, he ba- I don't have the exact. Uh, Joey Gallo, by the way, the other lefty power masher that the oh, Yankees yes. got specifically because of their right field. Uh, I don't know the quote, but he essentially was like, "This is bullshit. It's like a little league field out there with their with their outfield fence, and like that wouldn't have gone out in any other ballpark." And blah 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 blah. <laughs> which like the 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 Yankees manager had like the best response, which was like. I'm sorry, I missed the part of the game where like the fence changed when you guys yeah. went up to hit. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, and then and then of course they've done a deep dive on it because because Woodward uh, uh, has has played he played baseball and he never hit a home run in Yankee Stadium to right field and like. Also, it's there's just all these a, great like little 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 morsels to this story. It's just a weird thing. Like you, you lost. It's sour grapes. He's you know, sour. He's he's establishing himself as like the the salty manager in baseball. Yeah, but it's so funny because there's so many things you can be sour about, and it's like, hey, you know what? Sure, you know you wanna you wanna you wanna argue like the ump wasn't on his game tonight. Sure, miss call over there. Sure, but like the other team hit a home run, and your response is, well, the ballpark is small. Yeah, and, and and to his credit, I believe he apologized he like did. a day later or something. And and like, listen, we've all been there where you like you say you lose in the whatever in the video game, and you're like, fucking bullshit. And you're and like an hour later, you're like, all right, I've calmed down. Like, good game or whatever. Like, we get it, right? We've all we've all been there. But that being said, fucking hilarious. <laughs> this like major league manager is just like. Well, it's not even fair that the fence... And, like, Glabar's a right-handed hitter. So it's, like, an opposite field. You know what I mean? You can't even, like... It's just the weirdest thing in the world to me. It's the weirdest complaint. Woodward, in my opinion, I like the guy. He used to be, I think, like, the third base coach. 
for uh, the Dodgers. Oh, uh, is that why you like him? Shocked. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why like Seager went there, right? Is uh, part. I mean, outside oh, of the really? obvious part money, of it, yeah. but part of it is you know he knew Woodward really well, and then Woodward also brought over you know a couple of the staff with him from the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So Seager's thing was like this is very familiar to me. I believe the hitting coaches he has are the ones that like were there when Seager was his best, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he's a, a Dodger guy and all that, but, man, is he a little whiner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's becoming a trend. Becoming a trend with this dude. It's very, very funny. In a weird way, it's good for baseball, but because uh, it's it's got us – because, like, we, we're talking about this, right? It's like team no-hitters, not really a story. You nope. know, like like uh, a no-hitter, uh, granted, it's a story. I, it's, not my, it's not my particular story, but it's a story. This shit is like hilarious. This shit is like, this is, oh, this gets us talking. This is great. Oh, it's just, it's just unnecessary. Like, it's unnecessary drama for your team when you're in a rebuild and you're trying to prove that you're good. You spent some, like, probably, I think they spent the most money in the offseason. You know, they had to have. I mean, between uh, Semyon and Seeger, I think they spent like. Half a half a billion dollars, right? Yeah, and I don't think so. You got three hundred. Semyon probably got like one fifty or two hundred. You know, and they're Crazy sitting. Money. You know, uh, four thirty three average, second to last place, uh, only ahead they of needed, the A's who had a fire right. sale, who have been intentionally losing. Yeah, Correct. they. I mean, I mean, the Rangers were never going to be elite this season, um, but they are building something. Dane Dunning's a really, really nice pitcher for them. They drafted, um, was it Mark Leiter's kid? They they had the number two overall pick in the draft, and they had a nice pick. I believe it was Mark Leiter. It was the guy from Vanderbilt. Let's see. Wow, wait. 2022 MLB draft. With the number two pick, the Rangers got... Oh, it's 2021 draft. With the number two pick, the Rangers got... Jack Leiter. Yeah, so I was right. Who looks really good. Uh, so they're they're building something in Texas. You got to have that year. We've talked about this on the pod. You got to have that free agency class yep. year yep. where you signal to the league, we're going to start building it up, right? This is this is my word-for-word complaint with the Orioles is that they're not going to do this. But, you know, you had that with the Nationals when they got Jason Worth, and you had that with the Astros, Um when they got someone, I mean Verlander, obviously, I guess took them over the top. But the Astros did it too. I, I, I the name is escaping me. But the idea is that like I think it was you build this core up. Cheating that did it. <laughs> so maybe if God speaking of sour grapes, I know every, every maybe not, if the Rangers start cheating. Maybe I'm thinking of Garrett Cole. Is now they got Verlander before Cole. They did sign like one or two free agents. In, in the Astros when they when their young guys came up, ignore the cheating of it. Yeah, Ta- let, let, think about the process through, of it. Uh, Verlander. They got through trade. Well, no, but it wasn't Verlander because they were already they were already in first place, yeah, when and they, like yep. Verlander took them over the top, and they got called after. It was like it was like, um, I mean, maybe you could argue it was like Yuli Gurriel, somebody like that, where it was like an international mm-hmm. free agency signing. I think it was Mr. Trash Can. <laughs> okay. Sour grapes aside, my point is not about the cheating. My point is Eternally about the team building. Eternally sour. Eternally sour. Uh, that's fair. That's honestly, that should be the name of our podcast. Eternally uh, sour. <laughs> but the point is that I don't expect the Rangers to be good this year. 
next year's when I think we're allowed to kind of start judging their rebuild. I could agree with that. I could agree with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so let's let's keep going, Ryan, because another another really fun story. This one is uh, amazing. You you, why, you, you No, no, you take it. You want take. me to take I took, it? I took oh, Little Ryan. League, so you take this one. You take I love one. Little League. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, who, like, the man who, like, I love it. I love Madison Bumgarner. Like, I never want to hear him speak because, like, I already feel like I know what he's thinking and going to say. You know what I mean? I'm like... And, and this is part of my love of baseball is like, I don't need to know their opinions on things. I get it. I, I, I know where they come from. I know I know the type of people that most baseball players are. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is absolutely that dude. Salty, old, angry oh, angry old man. He's, he's at that old, old age of, I believe he's 33 at this point, which frankly, he could arguably still be a really, really good pitcher for another five, six years. But... That's neither here nor there. Uh, gets a couple bad calls uh, in a game. Doesn't like it. Let's the umpire know. Uh, <laughs> end of the first. He finally gets you know he gets all his outs, and then he goes to do the they they go to do the the little weird hand checks or whatever. And Dan Bellino, the MLB umpire, who uh, is like just grabbing his hand and touching his hand. And normally it's like a really quick touch, and they literally like side by sided. Uh, the other pitcher in the game and it like it was like all of like a cursory you know novelty one second like touch of the hand and then goodbye and Bellino didn't like <laughs> Bumgarner's I guess like upsetness with the balls and strikes or some nonsense to that effect and he's just feeling his hand up and down and staring at Bumgarner in the face and after like a good like five seconds Bumgarner looks up like the fuck is going on here dude <laughs> so Start arguing, uh, and Ryan, what, what was it that led to the ejection? He, he ejects him, but it was was it just that he argued with him? He looked at him. I think he said, "What the fuck are you looking at?" or something yeah. in that regard. Because he baited him into I mean, an ejection. He, he, the funniest part is, Bumgarner only even caught like the last third of him staring at him. He he was staring at him the entire time. Yeah. Bumgarner was just you know. Like waiting for you know him to be done, like standing there, like what the fuck? Because you know the the checking for the sticky stuff has gotten pretty quick, uh, right. considering that rather than check their hat, their belt, their glove, their everything, really all you need to do is how do their fingers feel? Because they're not cleaning it off, so they've made it a pretty quick process um, this season, and he's just standing there massaging his hand, but. Not yeah. looking at his hand at all, staring directly at Baumgartner, getting ready, just wanting him to say something so that he could, you know, tell him to get the fuck out. Which he got it. He got what he wanted. Yeah. And B- then, Bellino apologizes afterwards and goes, uh, first of all, like fucking umpires are such babies. Like it's oh, yeah. just like crazy. Like the It's the ump show. Every in, in every other sport, like they all gripe at the ump non or the you know or the ref or whatever and like the umpire kind of takes it you know what i mean or the referee mm-hmm. kind of takes it they're just like whatever like you guys are you know i'm here to like be the bearer of bad news and blah 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 he goes uh when i began my mlb career almost 15 years ago i received some good advice i was told to umpire every game as if my children were sitting in the front row i fell short of those expectations this week while I can't go back and change what happened, I take full accountability. I will learn, and I sincerely apologize. Like, fuck this guy, yeah. man. I mean, like, like, oh man. It, there's like, there's no two opinions on this. You know, that's like, that's almost like what's great about it is we as the baseball fandom are kind of weirdly united 
with Madison Bumgarner of all people. Uh, and, and this umpire just like, absolutely. Like, I know we all, we all like bitch that like, oh, like these refs, they think that we're out here, you know, watching them. They think that it's about them. Like, I actually don't like it when people say that. Cause I don't think umpires are doing or, or referees are usually doing that. This was absolutely a moment of a dude just being like, fuck this. I'm taking matters into my own hands. And like, yeah, I'm going to blow. And it's just like, dude, get your, shed your fucking ego. Just because Bumgarner was upset with. The home plate umpire, this guy. Who, as if as if that's not every other major league game, is correct, that? Correct. As if that's not the most common thing that a pitcher does is complain about balls and strikes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, did we even talk about the, the Angel Hernandez, uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber, like fucking... Uh, probably not. We probably flip out? We it. didn't. That was, I mean, speaking of umpires, my God, that was incredible. And that, was, this that great, was on the, like you know, way deep into where Hernandez had missed multiple, multiple big calls. Yeah. Ninth inning. And like Schwarber, Schwarber gets called out on like a, like they go, they went back and and looked at the pitch mix and it's like the dude basically located a pitch the exact same way three times. And like the guy called it differently each time. Well, I mean, I guess two of the three times, right? Uh, But he got it wrong two of the three times. And, uh, you know, down by one, uh, Brewers Phillies. You know, and they strike Schwarber out. And he just fucking flips his lid and just like Lizard. he's just like this guy is Terry. He's up up here, down there, out here. and he's just like clear. It's it's great because you can clearly read his lips and he's talking with his hands and like he's just like unloading on Angel Hernandez, just like and he's like yelling at the other umpires like I can't believe you're okay with this guy <laughs> and it's, like it's, it's just so wild good. to me. I, I did we talk about this? It's funny because I remember making the point of I understand that the umps union is strong, right? And I understand these guys have done their time. They also work off of a different rating system than like ump scorecard on Twitter, all this stuff. They have like a more generous, you know, strike zone. Um, But the thing to me is like we know – Angel Hernandez is notoriously bad. And yet, rather than just do this thing where it's like, hey, you know, Angel, you, you've worked many years in Major League. Uh, we appreciate you. Blah, 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 blah. We're just not going to let you do home plate. You can do first, right. second, and third home plate. We're going to keep it to the young guys that score really high in their accuracy. But for some reason, it's like, no, 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 no. You got to give everybody the equal opportunity. And uh, this is my chance to be behind the plate. I think that MLB, if they want, if they don't want to go to the automated strike zone, that they just need to up the accuracy percentage you must hit to be behind the home plate. And if you're not, you work the bases. There's no reason that you have to work behind home plate. I'm looking so. up real quick. When is the MLB umpire contract up? They just renewed it. They just renewed 2024. it. 2024. Damn it. Because I want, like, like, you remember in a couple years ago when, in a couple years, remember a couple years ago when the NFL referees went on strike and there were, like, two or three really bad games of, like, horrible calls and all that? I feel like we need a baseball umpire strike. Because, <laughs> like... I think we just we just get the automated strike zone and we just like it. 
we just get used to it. <laughs> we just be like, never mind. We don't need these guys. Anymore. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I go back and forth where I'm like, I want it. I want it. And then part of me is like, uh, I don't. But I do. But, I, you know, it's like all I want is just that they they make, they hold you to a certain percentage standard. So we just don't get these Angel Hernandez, Joe West, you know, guys behind the plate that it's like, hey, yeah, you've been doing this a long time. Yes, you, you know, deserve whatever you deserve. But we can't just, because you've been doing this a long time, ignore how atrocious you are. You're hurting the quality of the game at a certain point. Um, And that's what's tough about it, right, is it's like, someone's i think i think this is and you know like this is the let's give some fairness to baseball or even arguably to the umpires at a certain point you hurt the quality of the game and it's hard to know what that point is i'm not going to sit here and be like i can tell you exactly the right you know way to like ryan's proposing kind of the umpire thing right ryan's proposing it but ryan doesn't know what that percentage is or what that number is. Cause like, we're not saying get rid of the bottom 10% of all umpires period. That would be an easy fix. We're saying like, if you hit below a certain threshold, you shouldn't be allowed to, you know, cover home plate. And the question just becomes, what's that threshold. And, and, and it's hard to say what, but it's gotta be something, right? It's gotta be something. It has to be something. Cause if it's not something, what, what are we doing? Then, it, then it is if going it, to be the automated strike zone. And then right. everything's going to be automated. They're going to have sensors in the guy's shoes and in the balls and in the gloves, and they can tell who stepped on it first. And they're going to have, you know, everything can just become automated. There is an argument that, like, is kind of fun in the sense of, like, hey, that's the beauty of the game is that it isn't perfect, right? There is this, like, argument to uh, maintaining that so we don't become this whole like fully automated fully you know this is the way it's all done but on the same note the players deserve a high standard and the umps should meet that high standard yes yes these are professional these are the 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 top of the crop baseball players correct they deserve top of the crop umpiring for sure and they shouldn't be Um, like well you've been here a long time your tenure means that you're going to be behind home plate it's like jesus christ no i i I totally agree with you um let's uh let's keep on going uh this one's kind of funny what you have because not only was he dfa'd but you know he is as of today being signed by another team and in the starting lineup immediately Oh, he's, I didn't realize he was going to start immediately. He's going to be the DH, apparently. Funny. Is what... Robinson uh, Cano is the man we're talking about. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time. I would argue one of the two or three sweetest swings of all time. Uh, known steroid user. <laughs> Definitely washed hitter. Uh, gets DFA'd by the Mets. It was the end of an era. Honestly, my f- one of my probably two favorite players from my, like teens to 30s kind of like like the last 15 years of my life he's probably been one of my two favorite players Uh, he was he was phenomenal for a while there so good just the sweetest swing uh really fun to watch had the range of a third baseman but they had him at second because he was in a loaded yankees lineup so he was always just like this really plus defender 
uh, really fun guy. And then he uh, went to die in Seattle. Goes to well, he he went to uh, he went to retire tax free in Seattle. Yeah, tax free. You know, he got he chased the big money in Seattle. Everybody was like, "What is this contract? What are you guys doing?" Turns out it didn't work. Yep. Uh, gets bought out by the Met or gets traded to the Mets again. It was kind of like, guys, were you really a Robinson Cano bad contract away from <laughs> relevancy? I don't think you were. Uh, and then Steve Cohen comes in and he's just like, I don't care if there's two years left on his deal. I'm rich, bitch. And he buys him out. Everyone's like, Robbie's done. Mm-hmm. And then the San Diego Padres are like, why does he have to be done? And now I'm like, go Padres. <laughs> uh, the Padres are, are, have had a lot of trouble with the DH position. Um This year, uh, mm-hmm. though they are getting, I believe Voight is coming back. Back, I think he was. Voight's out. back now. He had a home run uh, so, last night or two nights ago. That'll help, but their their lineup um, has not been producing the runs that they need. Outside, yeah. outside of, of preview to Bernie's rant. Uh, yes, please. Outside of the uh, Manny Machado fellow, who uh, whatever whatever his name is, appears to be doing this Emmanuel <laughs> pretty well. Oh, um, he's, he's the best. <laughs> But they're going to give Cano a chance. And you know what? I don't – I'll say this. I'm not – Padres aren't known for reviving people's careers uh, by any means. No. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, I just want to say, you know, the Dodgers have been very good at picking up random people that everybody else thinks aren't going to be good and somehow make them work very well for yeah. that spot. So let's see if the Padres can – can uh, pull the same thing off. I predict that there'll be a short period where everybody's like, this is fucking brilliant. And then it'll be gone. You know, we'll, we'll see. The NOS is so polarizing, right? The, 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 I mean, granted, and this is another quick preview of something else that we have on the docket. Um, every the team in the docket. NOS is above, is above 500, but at least on paper, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are really bad teams. And, Excuse me. On paper, the Giants and the Dodgers are really amazing teams. So, like, you know, like we'll see how he does against the good competition, the bad competition. Um, I'm I'm pulling for the guy. I don't think it's gonna work. I kind of think this is like when Pujols went to the Dodgers, and it was a really nice idea, and maybe he mentored people, but he should yeah, not have been pitching he, ever. Um, he was the every time they brought him up to pinch hit, I was like, what are you? doing this guy cannot yeah they were just looking for answers when they you know Mm. they didn't have it um and uh yeah i mean again sometimes these experiments work and sometimes uh they don't work at all so yeah but we'll see we'll see ryan we're gonna we're gonna combine the next the next topic uh we're moving on from our, our news of the News of the times are fun stories into just kind of like, uh, you know, we'll call it the thermometer of this show. We're going to we're going to gauge the temperature of the league. Uh, Let's do it. So uh, the Yankees look incredible. Uh, They're just crushing balls. Aaron Judge in particular is mashing taters. Uh, Angels, uh, another surprise. Uh, The Yankees are a bit of a surprise because they're this dominant. The Angels are a total surprise that they're in first. They're not. They're, oh, right. They're a half game back. Half they're game a half back. Game. Well. But it's the game that counts. We it's are the lost a, column. We are a <laughs> podcast of accuracy. And by the time this comes out, it may change. But currently. Yes. 
They are half game. Back. The Angels are, are are right at first place. We'll say in the AL uh, West. Uh, I'm still sticking. I'm shockingly still, good. Yeah, I'm sticking with the. I'm still sticking with an Angels collapse. I'm still sticking with it. I'm not. I'm not. Their gonna pull pitching off that one. looks legit. That was always yeah. their Achilles heel. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, the third one. Uh, everyone in the NL West, including the horribly run Colorado Rockies and the I thought they were tanking Arizona Diamondbacks are above 500 again at the time of this recording uh Arizona I believe is is in last place at 16 and 15 uh nope Rockies are in last place at 16 and 15 yeah 16 and 15 Diamondbacks are 17 and 15 excuse me one one half game off yeah yeah. then we jump Uh, up uh Giants Padres Dodgers uh, looking Giants really look like they've kind of gotten themselves back together. They won five in a row. Uh, they were on a slide there for a beat. Uh, and then Padres, I, you know, it's funny. I just haven't been paying attention to the Padres at all. I don't feel like they're in the news or highlights at all, but they are Correct. 20 and 12. They're one game back. The, you know what it is, man? There's, there's, this is kind of a, this is the nerdiest baseball thing I will ever say on this podcast. I, that's not there are, There's no way that's There true. are two teams in baseball that if you watch enough baseball, they are always, always, always the last game of the night. One of these two teams is always the last game, and that is the Padres and the Oakland A's. It, there's something about those teams where it's just like their games start late, they're on the West Coast, they're never really... Like they're, they, it's been a while since either one of them has like truly during the regular season felt like they were vying for a championship. Let's ignore last season for let's say historic like the last like ten years, right? I know last year the Padres were really good. I I know that. Yep. Uh, during the regular season, yep. um, they're like always on last. So there's something about like even if you're catching Sports Center at night, the game is probably still going. So they're not really showing the highlights of that game. Um. And it's always like it always like looks so late at night because it is like, on the East Coast. Like those games are going to like past twelve thirty, you know, a.m. And so like there's I, I can't I don't have like the proper words to describe it, but like there's something about how late they play that you just like kind of don't think about it. You're just kind of like it's like it's like how Hawaii plays college football. They're technically a good team. But they just play at such a bizarrely late hour that you just never see them play, and that's that's like what's happening with the Padres right now. That's why, you, and you're an NL West guy, like you know what's going on in the NL West. It's really, and you're funny. just like the Padres are doing something, and I'm like, I'm telling you, this is what it is. It's just really funny because it's like you asking about all the other teams in the NL West. I could tell you how they've been doing, even even mm-hmm. the Rockies. Like, Padres, I like every time I look at the standings, I'm like, oh yeah. So the Padres are really cool because they are doing what I always do in fantasy baseball myself, which is they just have all these injured dudes and they are just treading water until the injury guys come back. So like Mike Clevenger pitched for the first time in about two years the other day. Um, Rocking the pigtails. Rocking the pigtails, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's funny. He's... uh, he looks like um, he always reminds me of uh, him and Tim Lincecum were always the two dudes. Where if you ever saw Dazed and Confused, yep, yep. Uh, that that the the like kid who's entering high school who like pitches and he's got the long hair. It's always like that's the adult. Like Tim Lincecum very specifically looked like that guy. It was kind of hilarious. Uh, and uh, Clevenger always kind of reminded me a little bit of that guy too. Um, 
Really quick, Bernie, let's look at our favorite stat. Uh, Please. Giants. Run differential. Giants plus 40. Dodgers plus 76. Jesus. Where where do you put the Padres at? I want want your best guess of what. And I haven't looked. Uh, Okay, Manny's been raking. I'm going to say the Padres are even because you asked me. I'm going to say they're dead even. Plus eight. <laughs> they're treading water, man. They're treading. It's I'm a wild. Big, it's wild. I like the Padres. Just I'm to be clear, the, the Miami Padres. Marlins, who are second to last place, have a plus nine. Uh, and Who's, who, how are the Yankees Here's doing? even better. The Twins in first place have a plus yeah, well, seven. Well, the, the AL Central is bad. Like I did not even bring up anyone in the AL Central because it's just a bad division. Uh the Yankees are, are raking plus sixty, you know. They're plus sixty. Nice. Dodgers yeah, still have the highest a, even though they good blew squad. it last night and they had a chance. But uh I The uh, Dodgers are always gonna win the run differential. They, it's, it's like just they just kind of, hang out up at the top there. They have the they have the most complete roster in baseball, and it's not a question. It's not a debate. You know what I mean? Every year, it's like they've got everything, and so they're always going to rock in the regular season. And then we, you know, we talk about this in the pod all the time. Like the postseason is the ultimate. Like, do you get a hot pitcher? Do you get you know the Randy Rosarena type hot hitter? Like, what's going to kind of carry you? And that's when it gets interesting. That's when baseball gets really interesting. But like. Over a large enough sample size, the Dodgers' depth and top of the line and front line talent is like always going to just lead to the best run differential. All right, Bernie. I think this last section we just cover uh, yes. A so that you can have your moment. Oh, thank you. To uh, um, you know, here's are you? I can. We're going to do, do a clever little throwback. Way. We're going to do a little throwback to our hero villain. Yes, for so those of you. Those of you loyal podcast listeners know our uh, our most prized episode was Manny Machado, hero or villain, uh, where me and Ryan were like, we're going to do a deep dive debate, Manny, hero or villain. Everybody on the podcast knows, everybody listening to the podcast knows, I'm a big Manny Machado guy. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm a defender. And it's not even that I, it's not even that I'm like, oh, I think he's the greatest player of all time or anything. It's the fact that like, there was this narrative going on for a really, really long time in baseball that Manny was like a bad guy or a dirty player or whatever. And I felt like that was overshadowing yeah. just how amazing of a baseball player the guy is. Um, and it obviously, you know, my bias is showing here. I'm an Orioles fan, grew up an Orioles fan, saw the rise of Manny, all that stuff. So I've been on like, oh man, Manny Machado's incredible for a long time. Uh, I still hold on. I still stick to the fact that he's good, but he's lazy. That's my argument. I think he could be. Think, I think he could be phenomenal, and I don't think he puts in the time. I think he's and just we've, relies and we've, on and we've talked talent. about this. We've we talked about this, so I don't. I don't need. To we don't need to dive back in. I'm just saying that's that's my argument against. I hear. I hear still you. Hold we, we don't need to rehash. Still holds uh, so here, here's how I'm gonna. Here's how I'm gonna phrase it, Ryan. You ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. You know, this season, Ryan, we've had some. We've had some incredible players play at an MVP level. You know, Justin Verlander at 39, somehow, you know, turning back the sands of time. Uh, Mike Trout is, bra- is back as fuck. Good to see that. Uh, I'm going to curse a lot this episode because uh, my wife has been telling me my kid is starting to develop language and okay. therefore I'm not allowed to curse in the house. Oh, there we are. There we are. Okay. She's literally laughing in the back. That's so funny. Uh, I guess my wife can hear me. Uh, <laughs> um, Mike Trout's back, which is awesome to see. I'm a, I am mean, how can you not love Mike Trout? He's great. Uh, but 
the MVP of this season, Ryan, no question, is Manny Machado. Uh, the dude is absolutely carrying this Padres team while Tatis is out. And the numbers aren't even close. Like, nobody else on the Padres... Like, their arguably second-best hitter is is maybe Austin Nola, their, like, really average catcher. Uh, nobody offensively is performing on that team like they're supposed to be performing. Uh, except for... Well, okay, excuse me. Eric Hosmer is also hitting out of his mind. Credit where he, credit is due. Eric Hosmer's hitting Machado is hitting 383 with a 1085 OPS. That's right. And his... What's his... Home, I, mean, I mean, his... I've got the numbers in Home front runs, of seven. Seven home runs, 22 RBIs. How many RBIs, though? The RBIs is the real 22, question. 22, yeah. I mean, he's tied for 22 13. 22 RBIs. But he's first... With the, the average of 383. 27 runs, that's first in baseball. Uh, you know, home runs are what they are. His RBIs, you know, like, like you said, seventh. Uh, he's just like, he's incredible. He's raking. He's incredible. He is raking. He's raking. Uh, you know, credit where credit is due to man. He's got five more hits than anyone else in baseball. And again, he's not, he's not, he's not, a, well, he, I mean, he's a good average guy, but he's not the like, oh, I'm going to win the batting title guy. He's the, I, I smack the ball. I get RBIs guy. And he's a great RBI hitter. Like not enough people give credit to RBI hitters. Cause yep. I think there is a different approach to it. And I think Manny's really good at that RBI approach. Um, I just, I, I want to just bask in the glow of being right. Ryan, I just want everybody to just like, look at me. And talk about me and how I was right about Manny Machado. Uh, and by everybody, I just I just mean you, Ryan. I just need you to just tell me I was right. Tell me the Dodgers were wrong for not signing Manny and kicking Justin Turner off third base. And oh, I I I told you. I think I've mentioned that if he had re-signed, I would have been. Fine you would have been it. good with it. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. have like I like yeah. By no means would I have hated it. And also, I think his contract. What was it? Three hundred million, ten years. Like, I 10 don't years, think it's miserable at all. So, well, especially when you look at the court, because that you know, obviously, like these contracts go up and up and all that fun stuff. Corey Seager got basically the same contract, and I and I also really like Corey Seager. Um, but Manny is just Manny is is you know we talked about this when Manny signed, when Mookie signed, and when Lindor signed. There are top i would say the top five tier of players in this league manny is right there as a top five tier player you sure he doesn't always play up to that i'll be the first to admit that but to get that guy for 300 million is is a pretty good deal i mean it's 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 lindor you know was the same thing they got him for like 320 ish somewhere Mm -hmm. in there a little bit north of 300 and like and he has not performed nearly as well after signing as manny has um and I mean, just guys that defensively are amazing, offensively are fantastic and bring you, you know, a lot of different categories, right? Like, you know, Lindor's got the base running and the, you know, the home run power. Manny's more of an RBI home runs guy. But the point is that I don't think that that's a bad, I don't don't think you can sign a top five player to a bad contract. That's kind of how I feel personally. No, and I think that it was also what the Padres needed at the time. Yep. Uh, Well, we talked about that. Sorry, go ahead. I'm yeah. talking here. No, now. it's your your you're correct. It's your it's your uh whatever. signaling that you're ready to yeah. compete kind of correct. free agency signing. Hosmer was technically that first one, but then the next year or two years later, maybe they got Machado. I think it was the next year. Yeah. No, he's great. Uh, I mean I'm just I'm really happy to see him doing well. I don't have a lot of other stuff to say other than like obviously he's raking. 
he's keeping the Padres afloat. Fingers crossed, you know, Tatis comes back fully healthy. I think even as a Dodgers fan, you can appreciate that the NL West and baseball in general is better when the Padre when this Padres team is is relevant and is playing with swag. I mean, I would prefer that every team in the NL West is good and we continue, you know, hopefully to win, but I don't, you know, last year competing against the Giants for the best record, like the fact that the the Dodgers finally got to do that again, you know, yeah. uh, is exciting. I mean, I prefer as many good teams in your division as possible. It's it's always a bummer to be like, oh, we're going to go play Arizona. I mean, we lost the series to Arizona as bad as they are, but still, you know, when you get the point where you're like, I'm just we're just playing these teams that it's like whatever. I'd rather right. play good baseball the whole way against like, top not, teams, you know. Not to not to invalidate his um his no-hitter, but like when Clayton Kershaw threw the no-hitter against Colorado, there's a small part of you that's always going to be like, yeah. it's the fucking Rockies. I mean, come on, you know. Like you want, and it's and, and he pitched the game of his life that night. Like, don't get me wrong. He, he yeah, you just want everything. But. You just want greatness. In my opinion, I am glad we're not the AL Central, right? And we're just yeah. dominating that. It's like you want to be. I want the Giants to be good. I want the Padres to be good. I I would love for the the Rockies and Arizona to be good. So it's like you are constantly having mm-hmm. real competition because I also think it makes your guys play better. I think there's a reason why we lost to Arizona. I think there's a reason why we lost to Pittsburgh, right? It's like there's this mentality that these guys get of like, oh, these teams aren't very good. And I think you don't always play at your highest level because you're like, oh, well, we'll win this. And then you don't. You know, there's yeah. something about facing a team that's a threat versus facing a team that's We not. We've talked about this a bunch on the pod too, the the idea of, of contraction and, um, you know, kind of maybe thinning out the – or, or how do you say it, saturating the talent a little bit better in baseball. I kind of, mm-hmm. which is funny because the teams that I would contract are actually teams where there's not like a, mar- no, like the current iteration of those teams are the, like the, the Rockies. I, you know, it's like the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, you know, the Marlins. It's, it's teams in, in markets that are underserved. It's very far. Like, it's like, technically speaking, if you really wanted to do contraction, you should contract like the Mets, Right, because there's already a New York team, the A's, because there's already a Bay Area team. It's like that's who you should be, but those teams are. I mean, the A's typically do well, and the Mets are doing well right now, and it's a historical team. I, I get all these arguments, but it's it's. I would, it would be nice to see every baseball game feel like two teams with World Series aspirations going up against each other, right? Like. We're not saying every game's got to be Yankees Dodgers, but we but like it would be nice if every game was at minimum I'm going to throw out two random teams here, but it'd be nice to feel like every game was at minimum maybe like Braves against the like Mets. Like Braves Mets where it's like two teams you could see this team putting it together and making a World Series run, that's all I'm asking. That, yeah, that's what I want just, the baseline just, to be. Just good enough, right? Just to... when, when when the Rockies play the A's, that's a bad example because it's different leagues, but like, you know, when the Rockies play the Diamondbacks, honestly, you're just like, what are we watching here? Yeah, what, you just what, want what every this? team to have a standard of trying to construct a team, basically. Yes, yes. Team yeah. construction, you know, quality players. I don't want to, like, honestly, when the a- Now we're really getting a tangent. When the... When, when the Diamondbacks play the Rockies, I go, there is one good hitter on the Rockies, 
there is one good hitter on the Diamondbacks. The other eight hitters, I can skip. <laughs> like, it's... Whereas, like, you know, when the Yankees play anyone, I'm like, I want to watch every Yankee at bat. Every single one. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? You know, who... Like, again, you want to pay attention to great baseball, period. It's the best thing yep. for baseball to make sure you have a competitive landscape. When you get these teams in the middle that just don't do anything, it's not, you know, it's not good for baseball. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we've been going for a while. Uh, any closing true. thoughts other than our, our closing rant? <laughs> we had, closing rant. Uh, any any other thoughts, man? Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, looking forward to over the next week. Our game this season. When are we going? When are we going? When do you want to go? I don't know. Let I'm, me, let me send going, you some dates and we'll go. I'll send you some dates. I'm going. I'm a buddy's coming into town and wants to go to a Dodgers game. So the one day I have locked in is is July 23rd. July 23rd. I'll see if I have that game. Yeah, I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna bring me and my friend and my son, <laughs> I don't think you have any friends. You're my friend, right? Ooh, <sighs> tricked. And on that Weird. note, uh, we're gonna wrap up this episode. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna carry that into my uh, rest of my day. <laughs> I mean, uh, we've only been doing this podcast for like two years. I, think, I know. I, I think know. we surpassed the the friend level. We like we we speak intimately once every two weeks for for two plus years for a solid <laughs> for a solid two years. I think we're good here. You better you better not uh, run away and, and pout for the rest of the day. I think no. I think we're in the no, no, no. Um, All right. Well, on that note, uh, again, whoever's listening, we appreciate you, and yes. uh, listening even with all of our inconsistency and terrible lack of commitment. You're better than us, and uh, we appreciate you. <laughs>